0: You're listening to Castle Rock First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Castle Rock FUMC, you can go online at fumccr.org. Thank you, and have a good day. Holy Spirit, we know that in the hustle and bustle of our daily lives, you are always with us, surrounding us with your love and care. And Holy Spirit, in this time and space, I invite you in to come. And fill our hearts with your peace. That as the scripture is read and the word is meditated on, that you speak to us and through us. And all of God's people here say, Amen. Amen. Our scripture light reading today is from the lectionary, the gospel reading, Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Listen to these words. Six days later, Peter took... James, or sorry, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and brought them to the top of a very high mountain where they were alone. He was transformed in front of them and his clothes were amazingly bright, brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we are here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for there three of them were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a the voice spoke from the cloud, This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. I love the transfiguration story. It's one of those stories in scripture that, when we come across it every year, you almost have to tell it. Like it's one of those, like it's almost Easter esque. Like you have to tell this story because how else are we going to understand what really happened uh, from this point on in the gospel reading, especially in Mark? This is one of those pivot points where we're moving more towards the cross. And in, in the Gospel of Mark, he's always pushing us towards the cross in, in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and this is one of those pivot points where they were doing all these things and then they have this encounter. And in this encounter, it's it's an amazing encounter when you think about it. Could you imagine like if you know that you were Peter, James, or John, like you're going up to the mountain and, and in and in Jewish heritage at that time, like if you knew you were going up to the mountain, you knew you were going to have a God encounter, like you knew that God was going to show god 's self in some way, shape or form, so you 're already kind of a little excited, right like you already know something good 's going to happen and, and you 'd already seen all these things that Jesus had done, and you 're like man like this is going to be really cool like have you ever been in one of those spaces where like you know that something cool is going to happen and you 're just so like antsy and you 're like ready for it to happen that I can only imagine that as they were getting up to the mountain and they kept getting high-pitched, and higher and they kept, and they got to that place. They were just so excited, and then all of a sudden, there's Moses and Elijah, and they're talking with Jesus. I can only imagine what Peter, James, and John how they felt like. We, we see how Peter's response was, and we see that the scriptures note that they were afraid. But like, I don't think it was afraid of like they just written, witnessed a scary movie afraid. I think it was a reverence afraid. Because sometimes like when we're in those sacred spaces, like when we have a sacred moment, we feel a little bit of fear. And it's not like bad fear. It's good fear. Because we don't know what we're seeing. We, we're trying to wrap our heads around what's happening in front of us. And, and we're just in awe-struck of what's happening. And, and, and that's what's happening. Peter is like just in awe of what's happening. that He wants to do the one thing uh, that we all want to do when we have those moments. We want to memorize it. We memorialize it. So Peter goes to Jesus and says, all right, Jesus, I got an idea. We're going to make a shrine here for you, for Moses, and Elijah. And and we're going to remember this moment. We're we're going to to have it. like So any time that we come back here, we will remember this moment. And we'll continue to tell that story. And you know what's really funny is that this really wasn't Jesus' intentions. Like It wasn't a moment for, for them to get together and then to see the sacred thing and then to memorialize it. Which is something we do in the church. We do these great things and we want to memorialize it. Whether it's put a plaque or have a t-shirt or anything like that. What, what Jesus is pointing out here is Jesus is revealing himself to these three inner disciples. These were he, his guys. These were the guys that he knew that were going to take over. Were going to be leaders after he was gone. Like He knew this ahead of time. And so he transfigures himself so that way he can fully show these guys really what Jesus really means. That he's the son of man. And I like here, if you notice, um, if you notice in verse um, 7, the cloud overshadowing them, a voice spoke from them uh, from the cloud. This is my son whom I dearly love. Listen to him. If you jump back in the, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 1 at his baptism, these same words were uttered at Jesus' baptism to signify that, that holy union, that, 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 that sacredness of, of who Christ really was. This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. And so Jesus transforms himself. And and I really do believe that the reason why he did this was to fully show these guys really what we're about. Why this is important. He didn't do it for everybody. Because could you imagine if he did it for everybody? I don't think it would have made as much of an impact. I don't think the message and and the story would, would have carried on as much had he done it for a large crowd. But to tell it to these three guys was central uh, to, to who Jesus' plan uh, of equipping these guys to go out into ministry after he was gone. Richard Rohr, I found this line very interesting from Richard Rohr. He says, we can only transform people to the degree that we have been transformed. So if Jesus wants these guys to be leaders, if Jesus wants these guys to carry on his story and his message after he's gone, he's going to have to fully show himself to these leaders. It's the same thing with us. Like If if we're wanting to to transform the world, we ourselves have to show what love really looks like to the world. We have to to show what that transformation looks like. And and we have to show ourselves as transformed and, and striving to do better. Methodists call this sanctification, living a holy life. We live that out in everything that we do. In in this concept of sanctification, it's very vital to, to Methodism. It's about that holy living that, that Wesley strived for. It's that it's that thing that we try to do. It's we try to be perfect right now. Try to be. Doesn't mean we're going to learn. We're we're going to learn along the way. Because even if you notice, like after the is like Jesus is like they're going down the mountain. And Jesus, is, like, all right. You can't tell anybody until this happens. Until the Son of Man returns. Like, I don't know about you, but if I were Peter, James, and John, I just saw this holy thing. Like, knowing that, like seeing Moses and Elijah, the pillars of our faith, and then you have Jesus who's talking with them. Like, I I, I couldn't imagine what that would look like and and the feelings of that. And, like, not to, to be told by Jesus not to tell anyone? That'd be a little hard. It'd be difficult. But yet, the, one of the reasons why he does this is that it's, it's kind of a key uh, literary feature in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus doesn't want Jesus' self really revealed just yet. The real importance is what happens in the tomb. And the real reality happens after even that. that, that for Jesus to rise, like, that this, this makes it more powerful to not know who he was beforehand. And what, what I always find interesting about the story, one, I, I, I love how Peter gets really excited. Not gonna lie, I, I would be like Peter. I would want to remember it. I'd want a t shirt. I'd want a bumper sticker. I'd want, uh, I'd definitely be taking out my phone and, and taking selfies with, with the three guys in the background. Like, I, I would be that guy. But what we really find here is that this idea of transformation, in order for us to change the world, we have to model and live like Jesus. Who transforms right in front of us. And I think if we do that, it, it leads us into those great things that, that we can do. And 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 you know, the great thing is, is that God never abandons us. And and I love how, like, even in this moment, Jesus is letting him flesh it out. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure when Peter's like telling Jesus, like this is what we need to do, he's like, Uh huh, yeah, okay. Good job, Peter. Thanks for paying attention. But yet, like, in this moment of this transfiguration, we can see that as they're in the presence of the Lord, their reverence becomes real. And I think for these three guys, they really got it. (laughs) Now, we can see later on in the story where they struggled with it. Just because you get it doesn't mean you actually get it. Peter, James, and John were some of the first to flee. They were some of the first to abandon Jesus when it really got rough. They forgot this moment. So maybe they needed a t-shirt. Maybe they needed a subtle reminder that who this son of man really was. But for us, and today, as we think about this transfiguration, it reminds us that God is, is with us in God's fullness. And it's a challenge to us to share our transformed life with the world. See, one of the things that I want you to remember is that, like, I'm not telling you don't tell anybody what happens in here when you leave. Actually, I want it to be the opposite. Because how else are we going to share the good news than to share that God is always with us, loving us, and caring with us if we only keep it to ourselves? So what can we learn from the story today? Don't be afraid when you're in the presence of God. And live a transformed life that people will know that you're a follower of Jesus. And be real, too, when you mess up along the way. Because in order for us to live that sanctified and holy life, it's an ongoing process of refining ourselves, making ourselves better. And if we can do just that, we truly will change the world around us because people will see that. And I love Richard Rohr's reminder that we can only transform people to the degree that we have been transformed. And so we have to open ourselves up to Christ who's standing right before us, encouraging us to share love. So go and share the love and light of Christ with the world so that we can transform it in Christ's name. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, as we gather here, may we be reminded of transformation, of that transformed life that you call us to, to be centered and focused around you. We're reminded of God's greatness as as God shows God's self to us through Jesus. And so as we go into the world to to show our transformed selves with the world, may we be reminded in times of need that you are with us and that you love us. And all that God's people said, Amen.